Blog Talk Radio. Calls 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. Do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And we invite you to join us on Facebook and Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile. For some reason, I've got a sweet tooth today. Really? Craving sugar, yeah. I always have a sweet tooth. I know you do. I'm not, I'm not as... I mean, I like having sweets, like after a savory meal. But... Um, I'm noticing more of a sweet tooth craving, which or a sweet craving, which is not totally typical to me. They say it's a sign of a deficiency when some really? kind of mineral deficiency. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I I've always had a sweet tooth. It's not really just as sweet as your right. right taste it's your taste buds. I know. Figure of speech. But. And and um, the consequences of eating candy doesn't really make it for sweet teeth. That's right. You <laughs> should call it a cavity tooth. Uh, but uh, but you know what? It's fine, funny that you bring that up because in our energy fields we have a variety of sweet and sour and uh, bitter. Even the numbers in our birth date can register a certain aspect of those related themes. So if, if someone like, for instance, has a two in their birth date and they've had nothing but bitter, sour relationships, uh, you have to look at that too and try to figure out when you're dissecting it or examining it, why would a two be so negative in a number system granting the fact that uh, the numbers relate to energies. On the other hand, if a two is, you have great relationships with a two. But when you look at a two, uh, there's no, there's nothing face value that says whether a two or any number in your birth date is going to be positive, positive or, or negative. negative. You have to go to your experience. And then you have to go to your experience and say, is, for instance, if it's bitter or bad relationships, do I create it myself? Or does it just seem to fall on my lap every time I turn around? Starting from my early, early, early years, I've always had bad relationships. If the root system of a two is terribly deep and rotting energy, and rotten, which was and rotten, rotten all the way to the uh, core, core to the root, then you can assume that your two in that respect, is karmic. It's karma. If, on the other hand, you've had basically good relationships, and as you've gotten older, that it turns sour, that doesn't mean it's still not karma, because karma can catch up with us in our later years, but it could suggest that you're creating the situation at hand. Uh, there's a big, I, I feel there's a big debate between what is karmic energy past life energy and what is our created energy. I think the two are hand in hand sometimes and they sort of merge into one another. So it's hard to decipher the chicken or the egg. It's hard to decipher. But you have to kind of register. One way to figure that out is register what you were born with. 
what, were, what was your situation of birth? And then from there, start to trace the energies of your life to see if they're still rooted to your first, let's say, seven years of life or 10 years of life up to about that point. Where it also gets confusing is people who have these rocky starts. They're born into poverty, have a broken family, difficulty with survival, and then they turn their lives around and become like multi multimillionaires and have successful relationships. So, uh, you know, the transformation of karmic energy into something transcendent is, is sometimes applicable as well. So yeah, people I mean, get out of it. Sometimes it's uh, karmic itself that it happens that way. And sometimes it's due to create our creative energy. Right. You mean, well, we're talking about destiny in a way, because when people have such poor conditions in the beginning and then have this illustrious future ahead of them, that gets more into the idea that it might be destined to karma happen can, that way. Karma can have a destiny of positive consequence. It, you can have good karma that comes into the world. It's always rooted with the sense that karma brings us back. We have, there's something we have to do to make up for what we've done. But on the DNA of karma, karma can change into something extremely positive without it being necessarily creative or transcendent. It's part of destiny. So there are people who are destined to be born into negative situations and destined to turn out positive. It's destiny. It has nothing to do with creativity aside from the fact of the physical work and mental work that has to be done to uh, support Get to that premise. point, yeah. When it's purely creative, that's where life gets somewhat exciting and somewhat existential. Because in that root system, we it's up to us. To, it, it's not karma anymore. It's nothing. We're set adrift. Where there's no lines tying us to our past, to our karma, to our past lives. We have within our DNA a, an attitude, most of us, of purely creative, transcendent energy. We can do what we want. Now, of course, anyone can do what they want, but not everyone's going to be successful doing it. So then the idea is if you're creative and you're creating your space, what are the guarantees of success? There aren't any. There aren't any. You go to Ireland, it's the luck of the Irish, it, you're just sometimes sometimes consequences are not based on karma or destiny or any preordained um, narration, if you will. It's it's just random, and that's a little bit. I don't consider that scary, but I do consider it sort of open-ended. You don't know. So when people ask us, well, am I going to be successful? You know, am I going to be famous? Sometimes the psychic doesn't know. But what a psychic, a good psychic will say is, there's nothing in your energy field that I can detect that determines one way or the other. You're not in that category. Some people, it can be determined. You will be successful. You will get an award. You will have a family. Sometimes you won't. It's not going to happen. But if you want to endeavor yourself in such a pursuit, do so. It's creative. Do so. And then other times, you just don't know. You don't know. And I think that's not every being knows everything. Can't be right all the time. So there are instances, but a good psychic will let you know, I don't know. There's nothing that reveals yay or nay. It'd be interesting to do a study of people that, I mean, it would be really hard to conduct, but it would be interesting to do a study of people who are locked in by karma and have desires to, you know, be, you know, big aspirations for their future, but are limited by karma, and then compare them to a group of people who are are not limited by karma in terms of creating their own futures and see what their, you know, motivation is like, 
you know what I mean, to get to that point. Because, uh, you know, there are many people that are stuck in karma that are trying to get out of their, their, their current situations and then, of course, are limited by their circumstances. Whereas people who have creative, um, more creativity may not be as ambitious because there's, you know, yeah. limitations. Years ago, years and years ago, so far back, I was involved in a UCLA research thing where the psychics were tested against a computer. And I don't know how I did it, but I came out like 97% correct. Above the computer calculations, and the test to me seemed kind of silly, but that was the way it was conducted, and I decided to partake in it. I would never do it again. I don't need to. I'm too old for this. But We're talking about how old you are. Well, <laughs> there's a merit in that. Okay, go there's ahead. There's merit in that. Well, you're um, not too old for anything, but anyway. No, you're not too but you come to a place in life where, where you, you just don't. Okay, you know, that's I'm a better not, way I'm to too say old it. to suck my thumb. And I'm <laughs> too old to wear a diaper, but maybe well, not. Well, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. You sometimes go back <laughs> and revisit your lifetime. Um, that is karma for you. That's first chakra karma. Okay, but, uh, and second. And second, yeah. It, it, but the but, I mean, you can you, you know, psychics can be measured to some extent. You can you can measure it, but I like to say that it's more of a field study, and that's kind of exciting to me, because studying a psychic in the field, just seeing how accurate you are, and after doing this for fifty some years, over fifty years, I have enough field experience to know where I stand. I don't need a test. Where in the field you stand. Where in the field I stand. And it's right next Exploring. to the cow patch. <laughs> but, um, but what, you know, the, it, 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 there is something to be said about that. Um, and it happens in every aspect of life. Doctors sometimes get out of their books and their teachings and their research and they get a feel for things. Lawyers get a feel for things. They get an an intuitive sense about something or they have a sense. And sometimes it's based on experience. Experience can grant us. Experience can actually feed into our intuition because you think for a repeated experience in its various forms brings us knowledge. Now that knowledge can be construed or misconstrued as intuition. I have a hunch. I feel. This has never happened. You know, I've been here before. I know this before. People say, well, I've been here before. I know it's going to happen. There's a loaded statement for you. But experience can take on the, can, can be a mask for intuition. And intuition and experience can be interchangeable. But pure intuition, where does this gut feeling come from? Well, I don't know. It comes from the soul, maybe. But when you've been working a long time in any given profession, in this case a psychic, and you're out in the field doing readings, and you're more right than wrong, more right than wrong, wrong at times, then there is some sense that um, it can be injured by experience. You know, they say that... uh, if you do things randomly, at best, it might be 50-50. And that has nothing to do with being psychic or luck or anything. Most things fall in a 60-40, 50-50 pattern on the roll of the dice. But if the roll of the dice is controlled by an energy field, let's say in the hand, and every time you roll the dice, you get seven, ten out of ten times. Something is different. Well, and then Something you have to get into on. the idea that there's a chakra in the hand. There is a chakra in the hand. There's at least 37 minor chakras um, and that we know of all throughout the body. Um, just like acupuncture points, there are 36 minor chakras as well. You know, the seven major chakras are along the spinal cord. Then we have these 
these satellites in the palm of the hand, in the fingers, in the feet, in different parts of the torso, in the back, uh, where there are certain aspects of psychic energy. You know, they say, look at a cat. They say, well, a cat, it's agile, the tail, the eyes, the nose. But you know what? A cat would be really out in the field in a bad way without its whiskers. Whiskers are very important to a cat. So you don't touch those whiskers, but they're like little chakra systems. They're sensitized. Not only that, their fur is also very sensitized. I was just watching a... uh, a video, of, I forgot the guy's name, but anyway, he does a show on cats and how to, you know, he comes into people's homes and they're having problems with their cats and and uh, fixes the problem, like the dog whisperer sort of, but anyway, he deals with cats. And he did a video prior to Halloween about not dressing up your cats and why it's so important. And he talks about not only the whiskers, but how binding a cat in a costume is very detrimental to their, um, you know, that it mutes their ability to sense things because their fur is affected and, you know, the nerve endings in their skin are connected with the fur, et cetera, et cetera. So he does, I I will say, he does say that putting them in a harness and leashing them for walks is not a bad idea. And I don't know, you know, how he differentiates between the two, you know, as far as how that doesn't affect, I mean, it's got to affect the cat. On that level, but anyway, it might be okay temporarily, but basically, animals don't like to be dressed up and it's not necessary, they're already dressed up, right? I know know, we did it once, we do have pictures (laughs) to show for it, but it was not a happy experience. It was probably a 10 minute experiment, and we never put her back in the costume. No, no, it's not, it it might be fun for a, a minute or two, but. And numerous, but uh, and you know, with these people walking their dogs, and they've got uh, they're they got like coats on them because it's cold. Um, it, it, that ruins a dog's experience. They can handle the cold for a while. They don't need to uh, be draped, drenched in a coat, draped in a coat. I mean, um, they they want they they're outside to experience. The atmosphere, the energy of that. Well, the problem with that, though, is, I mean, getting into hot weather, for example, sometimes people take their dogs out in the heat. And, of course, this is not an animal. The show is we're not talking about animals, so we're going to change the subject back to what we were talking about earlier in a moment. But, you know, dogs get their feet burnt. Yeah. easily and people aren't aware when the asphalt is very hot and it's hot out that they need to protect their dog's feet and there are products that you can use to actually um yeah you know well, socks obviously, or you know, special heat socks. exhaustion heat pain, you know, right but pain obviously you use common sense right but i'm talking about specifically putting a article of clothing or protective gear onto the dog so that if you do walk your dog in the heat that the, the dog's feet are not burned by the cement. There well, are, that's true. But if you see that, you know, in the snow, if you see some of these videos of dogs jumping in the snow and having the time of their life, I mean, there's the other extreme too. Right. Um, and Well, a husky uh, is going to be better able to handle that than, you know, another type of dog. Uh, well, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes dogs just you know, they're dogs, they're cats, they're wild animals. Yeah, they are. I mean, their roots are wild. Yeah. They've evolved as domesticated animals, but yeah. And our roots are wild. You know, uh, we tend to forget, not most of us, but a lot of us tend to forget where we come from. We come from, a, we're very primitive. We're a new species. We're not that old. We're the we're very we're one of the most nakedly new species on the planet in terms of evolving from the beginning of one cell organisms. But we still come from a primitive environment. And no matter what how many coats we wear or how much makeup we put on our face or how big a house we have or what kind of clothes we have. We still are basically a primitive being. We're composed of water and earth and all of the instincts 
that we have that have brought us to this place. And what we tend to do is we tend to ignore or forget our instincts. We use it as a colorful language to sort of highlight certain parts of our life. But we don't live, most of us, most of us, don't live by our instincts. We live by our civilized mechanisms that we've developed and we've forgotten what our instincts are. However, we operate by instincts and we don't even, we've ignored it. So my premise would be don't ignore instincts. Don't take it for granted. Don't assume that however civilized you are, that your origins are in your instincts. Now in those instincts, we do have the instinct to survive, the instinct to detect danger. Well, that's the thing, though. If we get so involved in our daily lives and in our, you know, you're talking about people's homes and clothing and distractions, physical distractions, then getting in touch with instincts, it becomes more difficult because you're separating yourself from your origin. It is. And to me, we're we're self-equipped. Instincts isn't something you have to go to a library or, or go to school to learn. We are an instinctual creature. You go outside. You don't need sometimes listen to the weather report. You can go outside and smell the air like the Native Americans would do and know what's coming, know what the weather's going to be. The, the clouds are a language. Now, of course, there could be storms way out at sea, and you can have a blue sky, and 4 o'clock it's going to be storming. But are you going to know that? Well, uh, maybe there's limitations. But everything around us speaks. Everything around us speaks. We have a caller? No. Oh, everything around us speaks. <clears throat> to me, um, I listen. I, I take the time to listen to nature. So if I'm outside and I hear a bird, I can tell that bird is saying human being, you know, man, person. Or the, or the bird is calling to another, ignoring me entirely and calling to another bird. The same with anything in life. I was just looking at a jumping spider. They're called wolf spiders, jumping spiders. And he was going on his merry way, just walking <laughs> along. And suddenly, he, you know, they have excellent eyesight. They, he spotted me. And he stopped. And he stared at me. Looked me over. I thought, well, does he really see me? So as I approached him, he backed up. And then I kind of wiggled my finger in front of him, and he stared at him and followed it and looked at me. Now, well, they're, they're very friendly. Also. They're very friendly. They, people keep them as pets, yeah. jumping spiders. They don't bite or anything. You'd have to really threaten them. So he, I started interacting with this spider. And he, this spider, I swear, was fascinated by me as much as I was with him. I'd put things on the ground, like a blade of grass. You'd look at it for a minute and then look back at me. <laughs> he, it was like the dinosaur in, the, in, the, in Jurassic Park where the guy throws something in the bush to distract the dinosaur, but the dinosaur wants to eat him. Well, the spider didn't want to eat me. He's just thinking to himself, maybe, or herself, uh, wow, what is that? Where there's eyes, there's a no, you know, so there's a communication level. It's weird because I scrolled past something, or I, yeah, there was an article, uh, something about jumping spiders I looked at last night, and then we're talking about them yeah. today. I didn't actually read, I didn't read the content, but I, I swept past it. I don't even know where, somewhere online. Well, you know, shame on these people who have the exterminators, exterminators come. <laughs> we so they can kill we the talk spiders. about the exterminators. We talk about the they're not really, they say, well, spiders bite. Well, cars kill, guns kill, people kill. Spiders aren't out to just bite you. There's some spiders that are rather annoying, recluse spiders. And, um, I remember, well, the recluse I've spiders. saved so many black widows. I was with somebody once said, don't touch that black widow. Well, I didn't touch them. But I calmly got them out of the garage for somebody and replaced them someplace else. But those spiders will not. I mean, the thing is, they're not, they're not predators. They don't come after human beings. No, it's, it's essentially, 
you know, if you get in their space, yes, you're subject to being bit by a clue spider or a black widow, but they're not, you know, people have a misunderstanding that they're after human beings and that you know, we have to kill them. It's, it's, you know, replacing, you know, relocating the spider to a different environment is a smarter decision than killing yeah. a spider, unless you have some big problem with, you know, uh, dangerous spiders invading your home and there's a threat to your health. Yeah, but that's really not. Yeah, invasion of spiders. Everybody's killing these spiders. Oh, in the East. that's right. Um, I just, on the, in animal spiritualism, the spider is amazing. It, it's considered almost like a god. And the idea is that the spider is spinning the design of the universe and then and it sends it, itself in, in, its, in the center. Watching a spider create a web is fascinating the way they do it. I've watched for hours spiders spin webs and waiting patiently. Um, there isn't a time when I don't see a spider. I stop and look at it and communicate in my own way with the spider. But spiders are, are fascinating creatures, very mystical. And basically, they they keep the insect, the pet, the real bats insects population uh, down, not excluding butterflies and things like that, bees. But it's a, it, it's a fascinating aspect of energy. Now, when you get into the element of the natural world, for those of you who want to be psychics, study the natural world. Study the way the world breathes, the plants, the animals, the birds, the insects, because you can't be a good psychic without doing so. Oh, you could do readings and kind of be accurate at times, but you're not going to have a grasp of the universe without studying the natural world, in my estimation, and being aware of it entirely. And this sends out our animal instincts to be able to communicate. You know, we communicate. We need phones to communicate to one another over a vast distance. We need phones. Whales don't. Bats don't. Birds don't. Insects don't. They don't need to create something in order to connect to the, to the universe around them. So I took that in stride and I thought, well, there must be something to, to communicating outside one's boundaries that there's got to be something to this. So I would just focus my mind into communicating outwardly. And I started to experiment. Well, so-and-so's going to call me. So-and-so will call me. Yeah. Oh, then they would call. Then I'll say, so-and-so is going to call me at 4 o'clock. Then they would call at 4 o'clock. It's not a mind control thing, I don't think. It's an energy you send out. And if you're, an, you know, if you're a good person, an ethical person, you don't use it to control people or anything. You, you learn how to conduct it in a way that's ethical. But it, there is something to it. There is something to all of this. And that's why some of us have a gift or they, we've been trained to be psychics or intuitives or medium. And that, that also includes communicating with the astral realm, not just in the people world, the physical world, but with spirits, angels, people who have crossed over. Don't think that people who have crossed over still can't communicate with us. They can. Souls can. The soul is indestructible. And if the soul is still available within some parameter of the Earth's energy or the, or the astral energy, there's a way to communicate with that soul. The only time it's almost impossible is that the soul leaves the body and the spirit. It's harder because they transcended way beyond. Which is probably, I mean, the ideal I mean, one would wish that the people that they're close to once passed, crossed to the other side, are in a realm that's, you know, inaccessible to human beings that yeah. communicate with the dead. But people do get solace when they well, are able to contact their, their, their departed relatives and friends. You know, it's funny in language. Even those who aren't attuned to psychic language they usually say, God rest your soul, not God rest your spirit. 
There's a distinction between the soul and the spirit. And most human beings, when they're talking about consequences or important matters, they, they introduce it as soul. They don't really say, well, God rest your spirit. Spirit is something elusive. There's something specialized about the spirit as opposed to the soul. The spirit really has nothing to do with the body. It filters down, and a person can be can have spirit within their personality or in their thoughts or actions. But the spirit really is alien to the body form. It's something else, almost indefinable. Soul connected to the body. Soul and the body are buddies. They're connected. And what the body does, the soul receives. Spirit, no. Spirit is something that you cannot define. It's almost impossible to define it, except to say that it's transcendent. There's no matter of language in the spirit, really. We try to induce it with adjectives and descriptions, but we don't know what the spirit is, except for the fact that maybe it's the most sacred thing connected to God that we have. Well, I find it interesting, too. Most people think that animals, since we're on the subject of animals, have souls, um, but it, but they don't. And it's, it's, it's what's the dichotomy between an animal's instinct and the fact that they really don't have a soul and are ultimately connected well, to spirit. The, word, the only human being that, the only animal that had a soul was Eric Burton. What? <laughs> What? Eric Burton is the animals. <laughs> um, he had a soul. Well, I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know all Eric the names Burton. of. I uh, don't know the names. The house of the, of the, house I know that. Yeah, I know House of the Rising Sun. We gotta get out of But place. I don't. I'm not. Yeah, I There's know all those songs, but I don't know that. I don't. I don't remember no. the animals. I've never seen a soul. I this person has never seen a soul in an animal. I've seen spirit in animals. But that's you know not soul. I, you know, I, I've never seen an animal that has karma. I mean, because of human beings and nature, animals have have consequences, sometimes good, sometimes bad. We can say romantically in our romance language that animals have souls, and we can be correct. Well, we, because people don't want to think that they're animals once once crossed you know, aren't connected to some form of, of astral energy or, you know, that they, they're, they're, people refer to animals as having souls because that's the existence they, they associate with the afterlife, but it's incorrect when it applied is. to animals because animals don't carry karma and they don't, they're not subject to judgment like, like human beings are. Uh, I, personally, I think souls are still connected to the planet. Can a spirit, can can a spirit, return to the earth? Can a person's spirit return to the earth? Yes, Christ returned. Christ, to the earth. exactly. God, example. God touched the earth. The spirit, the spirit can return to the earth. So, can the spirit of an animal regroup? into a body. Uh, I suppose it could. I suppose it could. I don't know how, but I, I wouldn't say it, it's impossible from my point of view. So spirit energy can return to the earth, yes. But but uh, but in the in the core of the of the language, a spirit transcends the planet. A spirit transcends the planet. And there is narration, surrounding narration in both biblical and spiritual matters that would suggest that's the case, that that's where the spirit goes once it's reduced itself from the, uh, detached itself from the soul and the body. But we all multi-layered, and we get back to the idea of our primitive being. We are primitive beings, no matter what. We're our primitive beings. And, and, but we tend to forget or ignore or stifle, stifle, stifle. <laughs> the, the, um, the arch in, instinctual aspects 
unless it just comes up randomly in our thoughts or conversation or behavior. But but it is still there. And um, that's something I think that's vital to any role that we play in terms of the idea of being a psychic uh, as opposed to being just uh, someone who has hunches or whatever. We were getting into the attitude of how do you measure psychic energy and, and how do you define it? And we were saying that, well, basically, in my experiences through the field, the field study, you can do tests, but I don't know if that determines really um, how good you are. I don't, I don't, I just don't run by tests to determine the psychic energy. I do it more through my experiences in the, in the attitude of being a psychic. But, you know, it's, and then the idea of taking all what we discussed, and now we pile it into a birthday, because we are basically numerologists, uh, Chris and I, not maybe, you know, by, by literal theory, but certainly by, by a creative sense of the word, uh, numerologists um, in the study of it. So the idea that that our birth dates are codes that have a root system, and our birth dates are codes that have an imaginative system to it. Look at your birth date and consider when you look at each number and you've learned what each number can represent at, at well, least in terms of chakra. I mean, you do get into, I mean, endless, endless um, explanations for each number. Yeah, so it's, are, it's hard to, endless, you yeah, know. There's endless explanations for being a human being, and there's endless explanations for each number. But, but getting get into, into the, the basics. Basic, <laughs> basics of it. Look at each number and decide how much of my root system is in that number and how much creativity have I, have I provided for that number. Have I created that number to be something outstanding? So I think it's a, always a kind of a, every time I wake up in the morning, I run through my birth date. I think, okay, what, what, where are my numbers today? What am I dealing with? What do I have to focus on, concentrate on? So it's a constant internal dialogue, a monologue, if you will, that, that, that one should go through when you're discussing within yourself the conversation of existence and what it is, what you're meant to do. So I never, I personally never wake up depressed. I never wake up inactive. I'm thinking, wow, this day is here. What's going to happen today? Am I prepared? You know, being prepared is very biblical in this context. Don't sleep. Be prepared. Stay awake. Yeah, and they all fall asleep. Yeah, fell asleep. In, in the garden. I'm sure they wouldn't. Um, but, you know, it, a thief in the night, that's existence. We're never totally asleep. A thief in the night means that at any given moment, we should be awake. We should be alert. So you sleep with one eye open. That really means your third eye. How do you sleep with one eye open? Well, maybe if you're... Some people do fall. I think I see you fall asleep with your eyes open. <laughs> My eyelids have eyes painted on <laughs> But the But to me, one eye open is the third eye. Oh, well, we finally have a caller here today. We're going to bring that caller on just a moment after I write down this phone number. Okay. Eight zero four, you're on the air. Hello, good evening. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, good evening uh, to both of y'all. Um, I, I had just typed in a long um, message on on the uh, chat area. Oh, um, we don't have chat open, so there's nothing we saw on chat. Is the chat room open? Hold on just a sec. Oh, I see a chat. That is very strange. We have a chat room? What? Oh, boy. I, we didn't know we had a chat room. Huh? Do we have a chat room? I don't know why it would be open. Huh. Anyways. That's so strange. What's the message? 
Who's well, the caller and what's the message? Um, I know it's a long, lengthy message. Um, um, I, I think I can read that first, and, and then um, we well, so, go from there. So, you're concerned about your cat. You have a neighbor. You think there's maybe some manufacturing of chemical substances. You're smelling the. Um, you smell the substance in your home. You've complained to the police and rental office, and um, it smells like gas as if the pilot on the stove isn't lit. The owner has oh, come over. I'm paraphrasing what you wrote. The next door neighbor, see if you can smell anything you haven't heard back from the owner. So the owner hasn't responded to you as far as um, what is that, whether or not he confirms there's an owner or not. Well, um, he he sent a, a maintenance guy over yesterday. After I talked to him, um, I'm living kind of close to the Air Force Base, so I hope y'all aren't hearing the loud planes flying over. No, we don't. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, great. Okay, so um, I had complained to the the owner about it um, on a few occasions, and um, you know he was telling me there's nothing he could do um, about it, anything unless he get. Um, you know, he hears from the police, and they they tell him about um, what's going on over there, and um, and so I, you know, I I, I even I left some anonymous tips and everything, and um, you know, they was telling me well, they don't go by that. Uh, you have to actually call the police, and um, and have them uh, check things out, and that's what I did yesterday. But uh, so far, you know, I, I really couldn't tell that anything was done. And I, I gave my phone number, but, you know, I'm still not hearing anything. Um, and um, the the owner said that he was going to have uh, one of his maintenance guys come into my apartment in the apartment um, next door and uh, check things out and, um, you know, see if anything, you know, if he could tell, you know, any smell or anything. And he waited too long, I, I think, to come over um, to check things out. Um, but, you know, I haven't really heard anything back from, from anyone uh, still. And and I'm wondering if, um, if y'all possibly see this somehow coming to an end once and for all. Um, because I'm, I, I just think it's really ridiculous that me and, me and my cat is um, – continuing to go through this and it kind of makes me feel like nobody's really doing anything like you know nobody cares and you know some something has to change somehow where are you calling from and what's your name i don't know if the name on the chat room is the name you want to use so just give us your name and birth date and oh, location I'm, I'm sorry i wasn't thinking um i usually <laughs> say <laughs> I usually say my name first, and I, I just, you know, my, my mind it seems like it's kind of scrambled about this whole situation. But I, I usually say what my name is. So my name, my name is Vernell. It's a, it's a V, like in Virginia, and and I live in Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Vernell, V E R N E L L. Um, there's an E on the end too. Oh, an end. Oh, E on the end. Okay. Brunel from Virginia. And what's your birth date, Brunel? Um, I was born May 8th, 1963. 1963. 23 and 9. Are you, are you single? Are you single? Yes, I am. Yeah, I just that you're single for some reason. Um, And, uh, and so the concern, well, I mean, this is definitely a concern about your cat because if there's chemicals that the cat is, and, you know, small animals are much more susceptible to uh, to uh, dangers from chemicals because of their the size of their bodies. I mean, it's the, they well, can process as well as human beings. Or do you know, per, per chance, do you know of any neighbors, you know, making drugs or doing meth or... Um, well, one thing for sure, I, I know what marijuana smells like, but 
it, it doesn't smell like marijuana. marijuana. And when I used to live at, at other addresses, um, unfortunately, I, I had lived around the same problem. And 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 with the the odd smell, um, there was also a lot of activity. And so um, that's that's what I'm seeing um, with these with him and these people that he um, have been dealing with for who knows how long. Um, and but they they try to be kind of kind of sneaky about the activities because like ever since he ever since he um, started having these guys uh, coming over to, to his place in uh, the early part of September, it's like you know he he was was like driving different vehicles with different license plates and the, the license plate was never the same numbers and and they were like from different states. Well, it sounds and, um, very, I mean, it sounds very suspicious to me. Uh, you can call the gas company and have them check out any leaks leaks of gas. You can call, you can alert the uh, narcotics squad and the police department and tell them what mm-hmm. your concerns are and what you're smelling. And they, what they have to do is sort of, it's all anonymous, you know, they're anonymous. not going to be known, but they will stake out the place and look at it for a while. But their, but their concerns will be. Uh, your concerns will be addressed because they go after these people that do this. But the problem is, is the the, the fact that this could take some time. It may not be addressed immediately. Well, That's what you should do issue. first of all is have the gas company come out and have them do some checks. So they check the meter to see if the meter's running, yeah. things like that. Do that first, and then describe. You know, they're also trained to know the 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 smells of these things, so that might be more immediate. You can also have uh-huh. a police officer come out. When you're smelling it strongly, have a police officer come out and smell it with you and make a report. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. The the idea of you being concerned in the meantime um, is concerning. I mean, it is concerning. You know, having an air filter in your home, if you smell it, smell really bad, closing your windows and keeping your cat inside. Is your cat an outside mm-hmm. or inside cat? Uh, she's an inside cat. She she got out a few times, but um, that was a while don't back. Let, don't let her out. And if you let her out, make sure you've got her contained. You know, you you know how to control her. And it's it, the 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 person proximity wise is next door to you, which is a problem because they're in space. You share the wall with them, so you're going to be. Well, it's an apartment. Yeah, it's an apartment. That's so. It's, it's uh-huh. that's. You know, part of the problem well, is that it's so you know, close. Yeah, uh, that's what I would do, and and you might want to um, the you know the apartment landlord. You might want to contact that person. I would also get your check, cat checked out by a vet because you're saying that the cat is not uh, is is having some seeming to react to the smell. Yeah, um, I, I believe um, is. It's like she she could smell it before I do, and then all of a sudden I'm smelling it, and and she she acts out like it's really bo- bothering her. And yeah, you um, you got to be proactive here, Vanel. You yeah. have to be proactive, and, well, and I, I questioning. Have... Stop questioning and wondering, and be proactive. Have you contacted the narcotics squad or the gas company yet? Well, um, I, I had called the pol- police. Um, I, everything you're suggesting, I, I had did uh, as of yesterday, and um, I'm not really getting much of a reaction yeah. or, or really, you know, no kind of get back about, you know, well, we we found this and we found that. You know, I'm not really getting anything. Um, well, and you know what, you need to you need to talk to a person. You need to talk to well, the narcotics squad at the police department. Did you? Who did you talk to at the police department? And we have another caller. We want to try to get in eight. Well, actually, three four seven. If you want to speak with us, please press one, because we need to know if you want a reading so we can manage this time here. Um, eight zero four. Okay, go ahead, Renell. Okay, um, okay. So did you um, speak to the police department? 
Um, I I really can't re- remember the name um, of the lady I spoke with. It doesn't matter the name, the department. What's the department of the person you spoke with? Was it just a um, regular officer, field officer? Um, I, I think it was. Yeah, so um, narcotics division maybe you need to speak with because, I mean, it's difficult. There is little evidence. You have a smell coming from someone's apartment. Have you seen any traffic? In? He says a car with the license plate. Oh, no, but I mean like people coming in and out of the home. Um, it, it was um a lot at first until I started complaining about it, and um, but you know that that really slowed down quite a bit. But you know the the guy he he is still involved with those people because you know it is like ever since they started coming around, you know all of a sudden I'm getting this real burnt odor, and 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 you know I'm I'm still smelling it even though I don't see those guys uh, coming around. And, and right. you know, out here at night, um, is very, very quiet and um everybody is in the, in their place and um this is supposed to be a, a place for um the disabled and seniors and it's, it's supposed to be public housing and um and how so old like is the Danelle, how old is the neighbor in question? Um, he, I, I found out that he's the same age I am, uh, fifty eight years old. Well, does he does he yeah, does he look suspicious? Wait a second. She's born on five eight. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Because there's some karmic connection between right. the two of you, obviously. Fifty eight years old, you're you're born on five eight. Go ahead. Does he appear to be a criminal? You know, does he look the criminal look? He he doesn't uh he doesn't really look that way. Um like um but before I say before my my boyfriend had passed last year uh, from from cancer and he he passed on uh, St Patrick's Day and um, and my boyfriend had found out that he had a, a drinking problem and yeah. um and he, spoken with her before I think we've spoken with you before right um let's see. Um, maybe my memory is, is failing me right now. Well, um, it doesn't matter. You know, is your but. landlord responsive to things like this? Um, it doesn't really seem like like he is. Um, but he he said I need to um, you know, get a police in, involved, call and talk to the police, and just which you did um, and didn't go anywhere. So you maybe need to talk talk to a different division. Of the police. Yeah, you need to, you know, uh, you need to to get a name, someone at the head of narcotics department, and okay. let them know what what you're what you're detecting, and um, you know th- that's what you need to do there. We'll put out protection for you if anyone is around you or ever has been around you by the name of Roger. Uh, I mean, you could either share that with us or just keep your ears alert. Do you know anybody by that name, just real quick? No, I really don't know anyone by that name. Okay. Well, if that comes up later, you know, call us back. So real quick, Fernell, um, was there ever, because I'm trying to identify you to see if we've talked to you before, did you have some kind of problem with the with a ring or something that your boyfriend gave you before he died and there was problems with like the money issue with his family or a ring or am I, are you not that person? I'm just trying to make um, a connection. No, no, he, I mean, I, he, he um, gave me his card to go to Walmart to, to buy a, a ring and we were treating it like it's an engage, engagement ring. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, he kept on calling me, um, you know, by his last name, saying this is uh, Ledbetter, and um, and he could barely hold it up, and and I I still have the ring with me now, and um, I was trying to get some items from his brother, um, his his brother got some his scooter and some other things, and um, and he act like he don't want to he don't want me to have it or sell it to me or anything, and I'm hoping that he's gonna have a change of heart. And, and let me let me um have those have things. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. if we've talked to you before or if I'm just getting the I don't know. I don't know. Um 
But anyway, was your was he an alcoholic? Your 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 boyfriend that passed was there an alcohol problem? Oh no, not at all. He, he had a smoking. Okay, so problem. this you're a different person. So kind of weird, weird. You're a different person because the person we spoke with the the boyfriend was a drinker. So there's some weird connections yeah. here. And um, we're going to try to take this other caller real quick, but um, keep in touch with us. You call us. Yeah, we should just try. Keep keep in touch with us and uh, let us know how things progress. Oh, okay, and thank you all very much. You're welcome. I don't know if this person wants a reading. 347, do you want to speak with us or were you just listening? Oh, hey, this is Tanika. I was just listening. Um, okay. I actually um, have a quick question. Okay, real quick. Just just wondering if you guys see me, where do you guys see me working next? The job that I had spoken to you guys about, I think, was recently um, a retail job I had tried, but I just could not do it. It was something that was too physically painful for me to do. So I'm just trying not to panic and not feeling like I'm bouncing around. I'm applying to places right now and trying to be more conscious of getting something at last. I'm just wondering where you guys see me working at next. What's your birthday? Uh, what's your birthday again? You're like nine something. What's your nine three seven eight? Nine three seven eight. And you're nineteen seventy eight. And you're thirty seven ten one. And you're um. You, so you were working at the retail job Express, and that didn't work out. Right. And now, why? What happened? Well, I worked in retail since I was in my 20s, and I could do it back then. I thought I could do it again, but it was too physically painful on my feet to stand for eight hours straight. So I just could not physically do it because I developed shin splints and pain in my feet when I used to work in retail after years and years. Yeah. So I tried it, and it did not work out. Oh, boy. What about your relocation? Are you still considering relocating to Florida and staying with family and trying to get on your feet there? I'm applying to places down there that I see online. I'm applying to online jobs that I can relocate with. I just haven't heard back anything yet from anyone. I would That's keep on that. I, would, I mean, my personal recommendation, I don't know, Neil might have a different opinion, but I think you need to maybe get out of New York. It's difficult to support yourself. And you're having problems in, you know, a history of problems in the jobs that you've 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 had. You know, in the medical field, there, I, according to my recollection, there's been an issue at every job, and now, unfortunately, you're not able to do retail. Um, so I remember we talked about something in the food uh, business, like I'm applying to that. Yeah, I'm applying to that as well as applying to places I see out of state. I'm applying to everything in the right. direction that I want to be, and I'm just wondering where you guys see me working at next. If you see anything coming through, so from the medical, you want no. some medical food? Yeah, yeah, or like she doesn't want to be like in the kitchen necessarily, but work for maybe a business that's more, you know, less demanding than the medical field and. So more fun. Be out of the medical field. She does not want to work in the medical field. And interested more towards somewhere into the food or food service or not food service, but like working for. What would you do? Like administrative work for a company like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you have any experience there in administrative work? Yeah. In, yeah. in the healthcare field, she does. Yeah, there. Uh, Fresh. What's the Hello, one for? Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh. Hello. Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh. Okay, I'll look into it. Yeah. yeah, and and just be aggressive. Be aggressive. If you don't hear back, you know, get back in touch with them. I don't know if you're dealing with a recruiter. Are you dealing with a recruiter? No, I don't have a recruiter. Uh, is there? How do you get a recruiter? I've never used a recruiter. I've always just gotten jobs on my own, so I'm not sure. I don't either, but I know that getting a recruiter can help you get work. Um, so, and I have no idea about that process. I can suggest how to get in touch with a recruiter, but I would start researching online because it's possible that you might be able to be placed by a recruiter in a job that suits your interest and then be, you know, able to relocate. But we're actually over here um, on the show, so we've got to close, but hopefully that helps. Keep in touch with us. Okay. Okay.
Take care. Okay. All right, we're back on the air nine o'clock on um, on Friday, twelve p.m. Eastern. Bye bye. <laughs>